have everybody's attention now. to another edition of the Figure 4 Fallout right here on WCCR 94.5 LPFM and iTunes here in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Southern Gentleman Bo Kidd here behind the board with you this evening, joined alongside my three cohorts and horsemen, as always, charming Russell Ryan. Yo. Timbo Slice himself, Tim No. Absolutely. And the mailman. Hey. The panda. What do you get when a crocodile wears a vest? Stop it. An investigator. Yeah, you got muted before you could finish that one, thankfully. <laughs> Gosh. Unfortunately, are... my mic picked it up. I could yeah. hear it through the headphones. Jeez. Unbelievable. <laughs> Guys, we have a uh, payback to talk about from Sunday. Hello from the otter slide. Stop it. Yes. We're going downhill already. <laughs> we have a uh, payback to talk about from Sunday. We have uh, a NXT debut. We have an NXT debut to talk about. Yes, we do. We have a Ryback to talk about. Yes, we definitely have Ryback to talk about. We have a. He knows the secret. I'm not, or not. I'm not sure if it's a. <laughs> I can't say lackluster raw, but we have a raw to talk you about. Can't say Monday. luster raw either. No, you can't. <laughs> So, um, why are people always over and underwhelmed? Why can't they just be whelmed? That's very, that is very true. Why can't you just be whelmed? Well, I would have said I was pretty whelmed with Raw last night. <laughs> and then pretty, I went to bed. Thank you, Boy I Wonder. I I enjoyed the pay-per-view quite a bit. Or the pay-per-view. The main event quite a bit, actually. You enjoyed the pay-per-view too, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we'll talk about our 2000 and uh, it was payback for all the 11 Night of Champions as our pay-per-view review of the week this week. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with Sunday night, and we will begin with payback. Uh, in the pre-show matches, 
match is, make sure that we emphasize that because one match got booted off of the main card into the or into the pre-show. Dolph Ziggler uh, did defeat Baron Corbin on the pre-show as that was booted from the main card onto the pre-show, and then Kalisto would uh, would hold on to his. WWE United States title as mm-hmm. he defeated Ryback. Listen, when you're when you're a tire says the pre-show stopper, you know you're in trouble. Alright. <laughs> that's a joke. That is so silly. Who said that? Ryback said the pre-show stopper. I was like, oh whoa. <laughs> you're doomed. Um, <laughs> the number one contendership for the WWE tag team championships was decided as the NX or as the uh the NXT I'd, tag say, I'd say that, well, I guess you'd say the, the rise of the NXT tag teams would be here in the finals. And the uh, fall. Enzo Amore. The hard it, fall. It, uh, it'd be Enzo and Big Cass against the Vaudevillains. It technically ended in a no contest. But the Vaudevillains move on to be the number one contenders as Enzo Amore took a horrific bump in the match just about four minutes in and uh, when um, this this was a very scary situation guys if you watched it in real time of course and then you saw it in slow-mo but to to see the reaction of Enzo as he's laying on the floor outside you were really really scared for this young man I can't remember what documentary I was watching or what book I was reading it was in one of the two but there was this very specific statement that was talking about how much they make oh it's Chris Jericho's book where he talks about how much they make you run the ring ropes in wrestling school because of how destructive those can be on your body because if you hit one wrong it's a broken neck well Enzo or, hit one wrong, and we were scared. Or, or worse, because we know what happened to the luchador down in Mexico. Yes, that yeah. that was that was the first thought that crossed my mind whenever he wasn't moving. Yeah, I thought it was his neck. Well, of course, then you see him fall out of the ring. He had the whiplash effect. He would hit his head, uh, side of his head, on the ring, uh, on the on the mat, uh, and fall collapsing outside. Um, when I saw the breathing. Mm-hmm. That Enzo was having, you could see that he was. It definitely looked like he was going into shock, and it it it's terrifying to even think about. But um, thankfully, of course, we now know that Enzo moving his arms, moving his legs, uh, was speaking to the medical officials throughout the night, and then later on that night, we see pictures of Enzo leaving the hospital in his hospital gown and pants that he wrestled in and was good to go was diagnosed yeah. with a, was diagnosed with a concussion now he's going to have to go through concussion protocol which will sideline him for about 3 weeks at the absolute minimal uh, I think, but I think the date I seen was May, May the 20th. 20th he's been pulled off of everything through May the 20th and he's got to go for the but he has to go um, for, or back for referrals and everything and go yeah. through the concussion protocol. Most importantly, the impact testing. they still have zero dimes, okay? Because he got back up. <laughs> and Big Cass got no dimes. <laughs> I was Good just, old Big Cass. I, yeah. I'm just very, very thankful that a young talent like Enzo Amore is going to be okay. 
and that hopefully we will see him back in the WWE ring very soon. Realist guy on the ER. Angels are watching over him. Bada boom, how you doing? In another singles match, and probably one of the better singles matches of the night, Kevin Owens did defeat Sami Zayn. Uh, this was a fantastic match. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, then we would see Kevin Owens stay at ringside to do commentary as The Miz would successfully defend his title, uh, the WWE Intercontinental title, against Cesaro, but not without some... You're not going to say true shenanigans because they didn't really get involved with the match, per se, until after the match was over. Correct. Well, so, no, because it was while they didn't get. They did, it's not like they were trying to fight them. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that so, that that perspective, yes. But you have a whole arena to fight in. Why did you get on the stinking ring apron? because uh, Kevin Owens was trying to get away from. Yeah, for those who may not Sammy know, Zane. Sami Zayn came out of nowhere, jumped over the announce table in the middle of the match, and fell apart after that. <laughs> Uh, Dean Ambrose would defeat Chris Jericho in singles competition. Charlotte would successfully defend her women's title against Natalia. Once again, not Yay. without, not I, without some shenanigans. I would have rather had Rick pull her out of the ring or something. And then in the main event, in a solid main event uh, that we saw restarted twice. Yes, we did. Roman Reigns would defeat AJ Styles. Uh, <laughs> Styles would first get the win via countout. Then Shane McMahon would come out as he and Stephanie are now co-powers to er, co-powers to be, I guess, at Raw. Uh, mm-hmm. He would come out and restart the match as a no countout match. Then the match would end by a DQ because of a low blow. Mm-hmm. And Styles would win again via DQ. But Stephanie was going to not be upstaged by her brother, I guess you would say. And she restarted it as pinfalls and submissions are the only way to win this match. And from there, we saw Roman Reigns probably hit one of the stiffest spears we've seen in a while because that one hit high on the breadbasket. I mean, not as high as Stephanie McMahon, but... Maybe yeah. not, but close, close, close. very close. <laughs> but Roman Reigns does come out with the victory in the match and does successfully defend the title. Guys, as a pay-per-view, as a whole, I'm anxious to hear what you think. I well, think the Divas match was ridiculous. It was a decent match, but that ending was just... Whoa. There was nothing about this match that I, that match I was happy about. Period. I'm almost Eric Skelly level hate. Natalia was rusty. She didn't the, look good. The Chicago screw job. No, it should. I don't even want to talk about some of the stuff that else is involved in this match. Yeah, you don't want me to rant like that on here again. No, because I don't want to hear about it. But um, the the match itself, I didn't mind. Like like Tim, I didn't mind the match. I was fine with it. I did. I had to hear about someone that was at ringside. Well, unfortunately, well, we're not getting that extreme rule, so sorry. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but oh, the no. ending. I'll no, take Ric Flair all day, every day. He's talking about Brett. He doesn't like Brett. Forget that like name. Hart. He can't stand Brett Hart. So <laughs> Brett didn't want to be there either. So yeah. no, anyway, um, 
the ending of the match is just what was garbage me. Um, the AJ Styles Roman match, I enjoyed a lot more than I expected I would. Agree. And like I, I, I knew it was going to be a good match. Not necessarily that it was going to be a bad match with Roman in it, but I knew it was going to be a good match. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. I didn't expect twenty five minutes worth. No. Can Can I just no. say that I do think. As far as match of the night goes, you have to give it to those two because Roman looked better than I think he's looked in a long time. He looked looser. He looked more fun. Like overall, I think the guys had a lot of room to play and they did real well. But AJ looked really good. I, AJ, I hate AJ to put Styles, it. I think personally myself, I think this was the best performed match that we have seen AJ Styles in since his coming to the WWE. I hate to put it this way, but if it hadn't been for Enzo, do you think they would have got this much time? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because the, you can obviously tell that there's moments yeah, throughout the night that seem out. to last longer Especially than Especially the, mm-hmm. the McMahon I, And I think the Divas title match got longer than it should have If you been. also, if you think about it, they are real quick to cut the crowd Especially Vince's mm-hmm. when he needs to ambush, move like to move on and get yeah. time going because he's running behind. And how much was he? He sat there and was like, "Bring it on, yeah. let's yeah. hear it." So and, you know, he and honestly, I don't think that they were expecting Ambrose and Jericho to take up eighteen minutes either, eighteen and a half minutes. No. That, that was a good match too. It was a very good match, but I'm saying I don't think that they allotted. I think, right. I think the match that got that. extended by a few minutes. Was the uh, Sami Zayn Kevin Owens match? Because it was only fourteen and a half minutes. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think, I don't that, think that it was supposed to be that long, though. See, I think it's a good time for them. Actually, yeah, it is. Actually, what I personally think is once we hit SummerSlam, they need twenty. I think you're going to see them hit about a twenty minute match. Okay, that works. And I'm and I am absolutely ecstatic with it. Yeah, but put but it I'm on saying, your rock clock. See, I I think which I downloaded the app. Have you? Not yet. I love it. It's actually really good. I do, though, I do believe that their match got extended by about two minutes because of their placement on the card. And another thing is, I believe, the post-match with Owens beating down Zayn again and then having... uh, Help me out here with the announcer. Um... Uh... Byron. Byron Saxon. Okay. Having him come in and interview him afterwards mm-hmm. took up that little bit of additional time that they needed. I think that was a part yeah. of it that helped get us to the time segment that we needed. I do think... Good old B.Y. Ron. I'm not sure how that works like that. I do think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had a great match. And mm-hmm. I think that it's one of those saving graces... Of, in my opinion, a lackluster pay per view. Well, one through ten, rank it. I'm giving it like a six. I think it had great matches, but there was really nothing that came out of it that made me want to watch the next night. Tim, did that main event didn't make you want to watch for all the next night? No, because they spoiled it immediately after what was going to happen between the two. They did announce the Extreme Rules main event immediately. After the match, if it if that had not been done, I think you're looking too much into it. It was a good pay per view, seven and a half, eight. Russ, I'm giving it an eight. I'll stick with the seven. 
Um, I think it could have got to the eight if I would have seen hopefully more of Enzo and Cass in that tag match. Um, I think every match, honestly, on the card did its due, did what it was supposed to do. I hate. Okay. I hated the ending to the Charlotte match, like everybody else did. Um, I, I love the fact that we're getting the build for the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn feud as we are getting it right now, because we're going to continue to see it build even bigger. Um, Cesaro is starting to get. I mean, no other words to say it. Basically, screwed over like he is getting right now is working up his ability to be that great face. That we know he can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I Possible think Intercontinental Championship. Oh, no question about it. It's it's definitely in the future for him. Um, now the Ambrose Jericho thing is this something that needs to carry out? No, uh, please. I mean, I, I agree. I think that I think that it's done. When Jericho attacked Ambrose last night, I was thinking, are we getting? Not necessarily fully AJ Jericho again. Are we going to be getting basically a three match? I hope not. Uh-huh. I, I hope not. Like I, I like Jericho. I like Ambrose. I hope we're not getting a three match thing out of Agreed. this. I'd like to see Ambrose move on to something. What will we have him move on to though? Other than Jericho is I, the question. I don't know right yet, but I love. We've got rid of the Ambrose Asylum. But I we loved. Need it. I loved the heavyweight title match. I thought it was a fantastic way. I actually think that after AJ, after um, Reigns is done with AJ, the person he needs to wrestle is Ambrose. Maybe so. Maybe so. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'm going to give it a solid seven. Um, I Ooh, have, Simon Lou Allen just dropped a really good statement about Cesaro that I think is absolutely true. I think a briefcase is in the future. That could be possible. That could be very possible. You never know. Thank you for that thought, sir. Um, I will say this. Um, I am very upset with the fact that you had the Wyatt family on the poster for Ryback, yeah. or, or for Payback. Yeah. They were nowhere even near. And doing the intro for it. We're nowhere even near. Well, Bray, I mean, he can't really yeah, neither can wrestle. Really. What yeah? Well, all you got's Rowan and yeah. That's fine. Rowan and Strowman put the spotlight on them. Put Raw in the main event. Best five minute match ever. Um, let's go to Raw and let's talk about the. <laughs> let's just go straight through the card first. Uh, U.S. title match or U.S. championship DVD coming out soon. Three oh. discs. <laughs> Very interesting. You no, know it's three discs. All those title defenses Ambrose had. On, <laughs> on, on, on the cover, you have Luger Steve in the back, be there. Luger, Steamboat, Booker, Booker. T, Ric Flair, front and center, John Cena. I got a question for you. Yeah. Completely? Okay, on the U.S. title. The U.S. Championship, A Legacy of Greatness is what the name of the DVD is. not very happy that Cena's front and center. Let me throw one out to you guys. One of the best United States champion of of probably the modern eras. Bret Hart. No. I agree. <laughs> Chris Benoit. Do we see anything with him? Yeah. Yeah, I think you'll see some stuff on there. I thought for sure he's going to reset. Um, <laughs> would you please stop <laughs> wasting my time? Hey, he's going to get it back, buddy. Don't worry. 
Não riem. All right, so raw results from last night. Uh, leading off the show, we saw Cesaro defeating Kevin Owens via disqualification to find out who was supposed to be the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. But now we don't know what we're going to see, I guess. Uh, Tyler Breeze in action as he finally... Yeah, my boy Breezy got a win. Got a victory Woo. on Raw over right. Goldust. Gorgeous um, truth. In a very interesting eight-man tag, the New Day, along with Big Cass, would defeat the Vaudevillains and the Dudley Boys. I love this. Uh, and we will come back and talk about this match here shortly. We better. Big um, Cass ate some bootios. Emma would defeat Becky Lynch it rain. last night. Rusev would win the Battle Royal to become the number one contender for the WWE United States title. And in the main event, we saw Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows defeat Roman Reigns and the Usos. In a pretty awesome match. In a pretty fun six-man tag. It was. Mm-hmm. Now, to go back, let's talk about uh, the high points of this and the first one that I'm definitely going to is the is the eight man tag. It first is not first, okay to talk about people with big height like Cass by calling them high points. That is not fair. Mute him. Mute he this is. Man. Anyway, um, the new day teaming up with Big Cass. I like their utilization of Cass, and the, Tim and I were talking about this earlier with out Enzo there. I'm glad to see they're not just throwing him to the wayside until Enzo comes back. Uh-huh. I like I like that they're using him some way. Yeah. I love the fact, and we and me and Casey talked a little bit about this uh, earlier at lunch. Cass on the mic is actually not too bad. You, we didn't talk about it. He talked about it. Was it lunch? He's, he's not Simon Gotch. No. But oh, he was, oh, oh Gotch, he was, needs some work. He I like Gotch. Pretty, he was pretty good on the mic, though. Cass was. Yeah, yeah he was. Um. And this this addition or this version, I guess you would say, of Big Cass in the ring reminds me. You know, we we talked about it last week. He sort of reminded me of a of a test or of a, I'm trying okay. to remember who it was that I someone said. like that. But now the way that I see him. After watching him last night, as mm-hmm. agile as he was, and moving around, looking very, very good to be a big seven-foot man, he is a young Kevin Nash. He's got the power. He's got, honestly, decent speed for a big guy. Yeah. He's just a very good athlete. Mm-hmm. And if you look at some of Nash's old stuff... Kevin from- Nash... From when he was either uh, either in WWE the first time or when he was young NWO. He was very agile. Mm-hmm. Finger poke of doom. Enough said. No. That's old school. That's old. That never should have happened. And we'll talk about that with Ryback. Well, neither should David Arquette winning the title, but, yeah. you know. I thought, though, very good match out of these eight men. Yes. Um... It showed a lot of poise for, with the New Day and Big Cast to actually team together and work as well as they did. Which goes back to what I was telling you earlier, which is I, I think that they've been pretty much face now. But New Day. Oh, yeah, they for, are. Oh, yeah, straight face. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, they definitely are. Um, um, loved loved his uh, flub <laughs> during the uh, before match promo. Talking about Biggie, old, old Biggie, <laughs> Kofi trying to cover his mouth and crack it up on, on the camera. Yes, I remember that. Um, Xavier Woods doing a good job. Oh yeah, keeping straight face. Oh yeah. Uh, let's talk about this main event because I know I know Tim really really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Styles Anderson and Gallows look so good together in the ring. Mm-hmm. They really do a good job. I agree. Uh, yeah. But is this something that we're going to see WWE for some reason squander? Because well. we've talked we've talked about them the possibility of Bullet Club turning on. AJ and you know everything else. Did you did you mention that to them at lunch? Which one? About Gallows and Anderson turn on AJ. No, that's something yeah. that I've just. But the day a, of the demon is coming. Finn Balor is coming. We don't know when. I, he is coming. He's, he's the greatest troll right I, now. Ever. If you're listening right now, Finn, I'm so he took mad Jericho's at you. class. <laughs> Can I please put? Like say something real quick. Yes, no. and I want to ser- like I want to have a serious discussion. But why can't we have AJ and Finn with the Bullet Club? Why do we have to have one or the other? That that's my question. And, I agree. And my thing is is do either of them have to be a leader? That's no. that's my thing. No, I don't. Does there even did. have to be a leader of Bullet Club? No, I don't think so. I think having AJ Finn and Gallows and Anderson all together is a good move, and it'll give you like uh, another stable. To work with. I agree with... Especially when the Wyatts get all healthy. Yes. That'd be a good feud, I think. I agree with JR, though, on uh, on a point that he brought up last week. Okay. Saying that it's hard for you to throw all four guys together right now immediately because not everyone, not your common fan, knows that this was a regime in New Japan. But they are doing you're a hard, good... You're, you're, doing, you're, you're hardcore guys like us? Yes. We know. We've, Byron, we've seen it. Byron we and it. Cole and them are doing a good job of letting the fans know about it, though. To so, a point. To a point. But to a point. still, you could put what them together. What do you want? Video packaging? Here, here's, Why here's not? The thing. They have a... They have a uh, articulation agreement anyways with New Japan, so why Here, not show somebody? Here's the thing. You could have Finn... And AJ be the singles competitors of the group. Anderson Gallows the tag team of the group. I agree. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I agree with you completely. And I'm not saying that JR is wrong, okay? Man's got a brilliant mind for this business, okay? But just because we don't have the history, if you will, of knowing that these guys were a big deal over in Japan as a group... Do you want to know something that, that's beautiful about fans not knowing? The ones that don't know get to see this fresh for the first time, and it's going to go over hotter than, like, new flapjacks at IHOP, baby. It's going to be worth it. I. Uh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> I agree with you Maple wholeheartedly. Syrup. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm not Canada. saying that you're wrong. But here is what I'm getting at. Right. Is... Everyone, as I mean, as well as I do, everybody in this room knows as well as I do. Vince McMahon is a creature of habit. Okay, yes. he is a creature of habit. But if go ahead, and I'll, I'll finish what he, I'm saying. He, here's here's my thing. He is a creature of habit. Yes, Triple H has a little bit more pull in NXT, 
but you're seeing these guys come from Ring of Honor, come from Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, come from the independents, and take over. Well, take over. But they're they're keeping their names. They're not getting a name change like they would have before. Kevin Owens is is an example. Kevin Steen, okay. Kevin Steen, so he, he got to keep the Kevin part. Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn, I mean, they removed the mask from him. But you've got people like Eric Young, Bobby Roode, James Storm. Samoa uh, Joe. Samoa Joe. I'm sorry about the Eric Young thing, but that we'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it dawned on me after I said it. Wow. Um, but you have these hey guys, guys come in. Alert. Not uh, um uh Nakamura. These guys are coming in with the names that made them famous. I agree. And guess what? Casual fans are Googling those names. Casual fans are seeing things. It's worth but the Google. But the point is, is that as much as Vince is a creature of habit, he has to be realizing the fact that his self-made stars are not doing the same amount for him. They're injured. That his... In- yeah. I agree. It, well, no, Seth Rollins is... Seth Rollins wasn't self-made. Well, I'm just saying he's injured and he I miss is. him. Okay, we Jesus. miss him too. Let's let, let's. We if if too, you want to talk about sure. self-made stars, though, I mean, let's let's go through Randy Orton, John, John Cena, Undertaker, two, Undertaker. There's Triple three H. guys. Triple H, Shawn yeah. Michaels. Those are guys that ended up on okay. the injury on the injury list. Well, and have been on the injury but list. But look who times. look who's. I won't necessarily say taking their spot, but kind of moving into those. The hottest acts that you have right now on your roster, in your company, are Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Because those guys right now, Sami's taken off almost, I will guarantee within two years, he will be almost the next yes movement. Fans will not stop. AJ Styles. That's the name you couldn't get out earlier? No. I just I just wanted to add that one in there because I, I just well, thought of it. I haven't got there yet. <laughs> but, jeez. Like, speed it up, Goofy. AJ's been hot. The bulletproof is like a major thing. Like, it's been huge. The fans are reacting well. Finn Balor's doing very well. Like, your guys that made their names elsewhere that are independent dandies are doing great. Whereas some of these guys that are not are sinking hard. Your... I hate to say it, your Tyler Breezes. Yeah. The guys that they kind of brought up that didn't really have that background. Dolph. Miz. Like the guys. Our truth. The guys that are doing good, Ambrose, Rollins. Like they're all guys that were huge elsewhere that fans are getting to experience. The casual fans getting to experience for the first time, which means that it's fresh and they're loving it. And the older fans are loving it because we love these guys before. All right, guys. Um, give us all right. Give give me your ranking of the show last night before we hit the uh, ratings because ratings are out. Okay. Um, for me, I once again I want to go with an eight because I thought it was a it was a pretty good show to me. Uh, I liked it. Tim, I was seven. Case, I cannot give one. I was feeling very bad last night. Went to sleep. I will I will stick with the seven with with Tim. Um, I thought it was a very solid show. Um, and I think now that we found out, you know, we do have two matches already made for Extreme Rules. Yes. And one of them I am extremely happy about. 
I'm happy with both of them. Oh, I am too, but I'm saying one of them I'm just very happy about because we don't have to have the drunk at ringside. Yes. So, um, but ratings are in from last night's show, and ratings are up. They're still not high, but they're up. They're not on the downward spiral that they were. Because last week's 2.20, I went back and checked it, was one of the lowest five episodes in WWE Raw history in 20 years. It was one of the lowest episodes ever. Interesting. Um, This week, up to a 2.35%. Still below the 2016 average of a 2.54, but did improve. Okay. Um, Three hours averaged 3.43 million viewers, which was up 10% from last week. Okay. Um, first hour was 3.4 or 3.458 million. Second hour, uh, 3.457 million, and third hour, 3.383 million. A decline of two percent, which isn't bad. Only two percent. That is huge. Um, it's still sitting there low. And the overall rating was was two what? three five. Okay. It was a two three five. It's still low, but let's see what the next two weeks have to do. Yes. On our build up towards Extreme Rules, which is now only two and a half weeks away, basically. So um Shotgun pay per view. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, an NXT debut that has somewhat been spoiled. Uh we will talk Thanks, about Russell. <laughs> hey. They broke it on their NXT page with an interview with a guy, okay? We will... uh, Yeah, but see, we're not talking about them. We're talking about you. We'll talk our pay-per-view review of the week. We'll draw our next pay-per-view review of the week. And uh, anything else that we can find right here on the Fever 4 Fallout, right here on 94.5 WCCR and iTunes. You think you know me. Hey, this is the Rated R Superstar Edge. You are listening to the Figure Four Fallout on WCCR 94.5 Williamsburg, Kentucky. And back here on 94.5 WCCR and the figure four fallout, Bo Kid, Russell Ryan, Tim No, and Casey Malone. Never trust Bo with your happy place. Just know. That sounded so horrible. I won't give you an opportunity to rethink what you just said. Or explain it better. And explain it a little bit better. I'm ready to explain it. Okay, I love Sami Zayn's music, and I have my eyes closed, jamming hard, and he just abruptly cuts it off from me. And it was the worst feeling ever it's like electric shock going through your body whenever you're like in daydream world I found it amusing of course you did of course we did you like taking candy from children 
At least he's no. Nope. No. Don't go keep my mouth shut. Nope. Um, guys, let's talk about our uh, let's talk about our pay per view of the week first. Let's go back to 2011 and the WWE Night of Champions. Uh, this was held. Doubt uh, up in uh, Buffalo, New York at the first Niagara Center. I was about to say. Come on, man. Uh, this was a very solid card throughout. Um, mm-hmm. Seven matches on the main card with a dark match of Daniel Bryan defeating Heath Slater um, via submission. Uh, but to start off the night, Air Boom, team of Evan Bourne and Kofi Kingston. Still a horrible name. I actually enjoyed the team. Pandas. Enjoying the team? Yes. The name? No. Ah, that's all right. Better than some of the other crap we've heard. It was just not a booming name. Well, they, oh. defeat, they would defeat Awesome Truth of The Miz and R-Truth by disqualification. I'm there with you, brother. So, uh, they hung on to the tag titles in the WWE Intercontinental title match. Cody Rhodes would successfully defend against Ted DiBiase in the fatal four-way match for the United States title. Dolph Ziggler, your champion, would hold on to the title as he defeated Jack Swagger, Alex Riley, and John Morrison in the single in a singles match for the uh, world heavyweight title. Because this, of course, was when we had the brand split. Yes. Um, Mark Henry would become the new world heavyweight champion as he would defeat Randy Orton. Kelly Kelly, your Divas champion at the time with Eve Torres in her corner, would defeat Beth Phoenix uh, with Natalia in her corner. Hometown girl, too. Very much so. And then uh, in the co-main event, I guess is what you'd call it, uh, the WWE Championship match, John Cena would win his 12th, I believe is what it was, his 12th. I think so. Wore a WWE Championship as he defeated Alberto Del Rio. And then in the main event, in a no disqualification match, Triple H would defeat CM Punk to keep his title as the COO of WWE. Was this my diet before? soda, John. My diet, for the love of God, my diet soda. Was this before or after the um, roster walkout? It's. This was around the time Kevin Nash. This was supposed to be the Kevin Nash, like the oh my god, lol. Kevin right. Nash thought it he was. was dead. It was. Um, I don't remember when was the walkout. The walkout, which because it was while he was COO, and I think it was while he was long haired Triple H. Yeah, it was. This is it. This is right about that time. Because I, I remember the 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 Miz and our truth were. Big components of it. But now the next, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. don't hold me to this, but I'm pretty sure the next pay-per-view um, was Hell in a Cell, which yes. is the one where R-Truth and Miz, Miz broke into the okay. Hell in a Cell yes. and beat them down. Yes. This was not the so walkout this was, yet. This, this was, was before. right before. Because, this was like two months before the walkout. Because okay. one of the major things with the walkout was, was Punk looked at him and went, I don't really like you, but it's better to be with the devil that I do know than the devil that I don't. Yes. And he was like, oh, I get to do commentary? Can I wear your blazer? Yep. I can wear the blazer. I'm in. <laughs> and he got double pay because he got to do the... Uh, because he had to do time keeping too and ringing the bell. Double pay? Sure. Double pay. Sure, double pay. 
So um, this was actually a very fun card to watch. Yes. As um, much as I as much as I get I angry with Punk for the stuff that he's done since he's left the with left the E, his random things he said was so funny. John, my diet soda. I, <laughs> I forget how that come up the other day, but it's been stuck in my head for days. This was the very first title reign for Mark Henry. His very yeah. first world heavyweight title reign after 15 years in the business. And his promo afterwards, spot on. Oh, absolutely. Don't care me. You all ain't really happy for me. Nope. So good. Do you remember the night that he said that he was going to retire and, like, Cena comes out and then he, like, oh, that was one of the best words ever. I remember, like, being legit mad for several minutes. Like, that pulled one over my eyes. It was a great work. Um, Guys, where where do you go with this one ranking-wise? And interestingly enough, just FYI, um... (laughs) This pay-per-view made me miss Gideonsi Jr. Dave Meltzer mm-hmm. actually ranked it a nine and a half. <laughs> or actually, I'm sorry, a nine. I wouldn't go that high on it. He gave it a nine out of ten. I just shared it. Oh, I know. But yeah. I'm acknowledging it because it's so it's, funny. It's um, go to the Facebook page and look at our most recent Enzo Amore doctor photo. I will hear um, oh, It's so good. I'll give it a seven and a half. I thought it was like a, a pretty good show. Like I said, it made me miss Ted DiBiase, and that's a guy, Ted DiBiase Jr., that I think could have been WWE champion today if he was still with the company. Now, see, he, he had the look. Now, don't get me wrong. Please understand what I'm about to say, Russell. Do not get me wrong. I absolutely, with everything in me, Loved Ted DiBiase the night he debuted, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I was hot on the DiBiase train. The man's mic skills lacked, and he his charisma was subpar. Even putting him with Maurice did not get him over. I think he had everything as far as look, body package wise, and like the heritage to be good, but he lacked in some of the most pristine areas that you have to have to be a WWE champion. Well, I, I was going to say, like, I, I I agree with that because what, what I was going go, to go on to say was the fact that he just needed to work on the mic skills because they weren't where they needed to be. But the, the look and everything else, he had the look of a WWE champion. I yes. remember, oh man, it was, I thought there was going to be, because he was really decent on the mic when he first debuted it's because he, you know, he had a lot of fresh things to say and he had his dad in his corner for a little while mm-hmm. but I mean they tried to make him his dad that was the problem you maybe can't... so maybe so but we will we will see how it goes I have in my hand oh the next one our next pay per view review of the week but first off let's go let's continue to go through your rankings of the pay-per-view? A se- seven and a half. Seven and a half? Yeah, yeah right there with Russell. Yeah. Case. Russell did a good job. Russell did a very good job with we'll clean sweep it at a seven and a half. Guys, let's go back a few years. Like how, how many how many few? We're gonna go back to two thousand and six. Well, boo. Hey, I just started watching wrestling again around this time. WWE? Yeah. WWE. We are going to the Summer Spectacular. SummerSlam? That is SummerSlam. 
hey, I got a John Cena shirt right before this pay-per-view. I was so happy. That was my eighth grade graduation gift. Yeah, Phil Ove. We have... <laughs> was this one? We have... Uh, on the poster? Do what? Let, the me poster? See, let, let me see the poster. Oh, the poster's hilarious. Biggest party of the summer. Oh, yes. <laughs> Held in Boston, Massachusetts. Boston. It is SummerSlam. Oh, man. I'm so happy. We talk about the card here. First off, we have in a singles match, Chavo Guerrero versus uh, Rey Mysterio. Okay. In an extreme rules match for the ECW world title, we had challenger Sabu up against the champion, The Big Show. In another singles match, we had Randy Orton taking on Hulk Hogan. In an I quit match, it was Ric Flair going up against Mick Foley. In a singles match... For the World Heavyweight title, we have the champion Booker T defending against Batista. And a tag in a tag team match, we had D-Generation X, Triple H and Shawn Michaels taking on Vincent Kennedy McMahon and Shane McMahon. And in the main event, where if a DQ happened, he would lose the title. The champion, Edge, would take on John Cena. Of course, John, this is basically a hometown event for John Cena. Mm-hmm. I remember, and I cannot wait to talk about it next week, because there were some crazy thoughts I remember having with my friends whenever we were eight years old and thought we knew everything. I mean, in eighth grade, thinking we knew everything about professional wrestling. Wow. <laughs> if I was eight years old in 2006. Oh, jeez. Hey, how about you, how about you just uh, hush there? But this should be, a, uh, should be a very good card to watch. Um, I was already graduated from. I was graduated from high school and then yeah. college. I graduated eighth grade. This was my. This was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college. So, uh, guys, let's go and talk a little bit of wrestling news. First off, um, as the spoiler was broken out earlier, just a little while ago, Eric Young making his debut on NXT. Uh, guys, this is pretty big news. So to see not, EY moving over to uh, to the E. Oh, uh, old Robbie, old Robbie Rude and uh, Eric Young contracts expired at the same time from Impact. Um, a few weeks later, Robert Rude's at Takeover Dallas. Eric Young debuts on NXT. I think. I've always I've always liked Dy. He he's been an entertaining character to me, whether he was with ODB, or whether it was Team Canada, or whether it was this deranged. The the only thing that I don't like about his deranged character here toward the end of his tenure in TNA was the fact that he stole a, a, a armed force man's leg. That was the only there thing was, I didn't there like. There was one time that was really he had a really good heel character. Mm-hmm. Was when he was with uh, it was. Almost the League of Nations type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was, he called himself the global champion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, who else remembers TNA putting the world title on him like a week or so after DB won it because he was the bearded guy in the company? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also had another debut, I believe, this past week on NXT of a uh, a guy that I just can't 
figure out yet. And uh, he goes by the name of No Way Jose. <laughs> figure me out? No Way Jose. Can anybody explain this cat, cat to me, please? Is he a cat? I, I truly do I got know. nothing. I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. I have no clue who he is. He was mildly entertaining, though. He was. I, I enjoyed him. Yeah, I mean, he really was. He um, was a mix between Rey Mysterio, who's our, the Colognes, and Fandango. Oh, okay. Um, Ryback. Going home last night before Raw, mm-hmm. uh, basically over a contract dispute... Um, and I you, see can, his you can see you can see it in its entirety on our Facebook page at yes. Figure Four Fallout, um, and we want to hear your insight on this. Uh, this was a very, very touchy, very very touchy uh, subject to talk to, and there is some <laughs> not safe for work language in this thing. He's the new Jim Savio Vega. Uh, yeah, I thank saw you, that. Simon Llewellyn. Um. I am I'm just not sure yet as to I understand his viewpoint. I really do. Explain. Okay. We all know the results They're predetermined. They're predetermined. What? I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. The results of the shows (laughs) are predetermined, okay? You're real to me, dang it. You're lying. <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm dying. Well, well we're all we're, we're all creep. <laughs> go ahead. Thanks, pal. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but he has a good point. Why? And and to an extent, I agree with him. To an extent, I don't because the winners get paid more money than the losers. Yes, they do. And then the losers eventually lose so much that they get released. Yes. Is the gist of it. I, I mean, like I said, we recommend going and reading the entire thing, but this is the, the basics. I can understand his, his viewpoint of saying we're all in this together as a team. I wouldn't be losing unless I would agree to lose sort of thing. But at the same time, on the flip side of that, you have your bigger stars like John Cena and, you know, Roman Reigns to an extent, um, AJ Styles I would put up there, and they're probably getting paid a little bit more money, uh, not only from winning but from merch. Mm-hmm. I agree with the fact that pay them a little bit more because of merch, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I mean, and even paying scale because you're, you know, you're all in it as a team, but at the same time, business-wise... You really probably couldn't afford to give Ryback John Cena's money. No, you couldn't. Um, Tim, I mean, I'm anxious to hear what you have to say about this because being sort of the new guy and outside looking in kind of thing, do you agree with Ryback's statements in saying that basically everybody should get paid the same? No, I do not. Uh, Ryback, to in my opinion, I have not seen. I've not seen a Ryback match where I was like, oh my gosh, that was awesome. <laughs> I'm just not a big fan. He's not entertaining to me. And to think that he would make as much money as somebody like Seth Rollins or John Cena, that's kind of silly, in my opinion. Um, I think he's he's not happy about 
where he is in the company, obviously. But you can't. Maybe he needs to look at himself and say, "Why am I here? What what can I do to be like John Cena or be like Seth Rollins or be like these main event guys? What are they doing that I'm not doing? Maybe work on himself before." He I mean, wants I to see his opinion. I, I definitely see. I'll see it this way. Mm-hmm. I see his opinion that he is getting underpaid compared to a uh, compared to a Randy Orton, who is making. Uh, I believe when we looked it up last year, it was we like were, a million a year. N- oh no, sir, no, sir. Uh, way up, way up from that. Um, we were talking about his divorce last year, if you remember. Oh yeah, sorry. He was making two point four million dollars a year, and we've not seen him in two thousand sixteen. You know, he's literally sitting on the sidelines, making. Easily two hundred thousand dollars a month, and we've not seen him. So I I do see his point that there should be some equality through. Now, do I say it should all be across the board? Absolutely not. But I think there should be um, almost like a tier program. Okay. You know. If you're at this point, then you make this. If you have a championship, then you get this bonus or whatever. You know, have it tiered. But I I agree, though, that... Would that be almost like in a a UFC-style pay uh, scale Not not necessarily, but it's almost like a salary cap. Okay. You know, if you get to this tier, you make this much money. Okay. And then you have your bonuses and your incentives. Can you drop a tier? Yes, you can drop a tier. If you get dropped on the card so low, then you get dropped a tier. But I think that that's something that could easily work. Some people may not like it, but they understand what their what their duty is. If that's the way your company mm-hmm. works and you produce, you present that whenever they sign on the dotted line, they're going to know that's how it works. And people are more likely to accept that if they know what up front. Correct. So, uh, I mean, it's just something that we'll have to look into and continue to follow. This is a story that I don't know if you all saw that I was very intrigued by. Am I not allowed to talk about it right back? Go ahead. Um, Well, my thing is, is that I... I don't really necessarily get into the payment side of it. What bothers me is the section where he says, if you lose enough, you're gone. And the point is, is I absolutely hate that. Because back in the day, you had guys that didn't wrestle almost anybody else that was continuously on the card. You had until pay-per-views or occasional special Raws where they would have a grudge match. Most of the time they wrestled local people or like some of the upper come up and comers that were not yet big stars under different names or different gimmicks and then you let them come in and be something different and most of the time you were able to get stars over that way because they were able to win without putting other people down. Mm-hmm. And I think now this idea that everybody wrestles everybody all the time when you're going to try to push somebody, yeah, they're going to beat everybody, and you're going to have to have a group of guys. Then you're going to release those group of guys, and then when that guy that you're pushing didn't get over or didn't get where you wanted, guess what? He's going to be the next guy on the chopping block because he's going to start falling into those loser uh, those loser brackets. Maybe so. I think that we need to have a way of having a group of guys 
they get paid decently enough to have a living a good living wage a little more from working for the company that come out there that yeah their job is to lose and we know it but you shouldn't have guys that like Ryback who could easily be a good mid card guy going out there and wrestling people like Rusev every single week because eventually someone's star is going to get hurt whenever you could have like say Ryback come out and wrestle guys like Heath Slater like um, Bo Dallas or Rusev wrestle guys like that guys that are okay like it's okay for them to lose because you're not trying to push them anywhere and you now have a pay-per-view match where you can have Ryback versus Rusev and both these guys look hot and taking a loss is not a huge deal yes we're, we're missing that yeah. Um guy I just uh shared this post on uh Facebook on our page. Um Sami Zayn came out and explained to secscoops.com or secscoops.com that before his match with Shinsuke Nakamura at NXT Takeover Dallas, mm-hmm. which many of us view as the match of the year. You realize those guys never got in the ring together before the match? Wow. Did not get in the ring together before the match. I can believe it. This is the quote that is amazing. He said, "Um, I think I met him literally once, and we have had very parallel careers. He started at the same time as me. I think I started two months before him, but both of us have been in the ring for nearly 14 years he was in New Japan I never worked in New Japan so we never worked together we may or we met maybe once we never touched and I remember Matt Bloom who's head of WWE Performance Center saying hey maybe you guys want to get in the PC and spar a little or something like that I don't want the first time you guys to get in the ring ever the first time you touch to be at this big match and unbeknownst to me Nakamura said the same thing I did no, no, no. I prefer that, which is a dangerous thing, but it's what I know. Yes, I prefer for the first time to be in the show instead of a, hey, let's feel it out in the ring and feel how this guy moves and stuff. So we ended up putting something together. This is sickening to think about, that these guys put on a half an hour match for us at NXT TakeOver Dallas and had never stepped foot in the same ring together. Period. Mm-hmm. Didn't talk about it. Nothing. Just went out there and gave us the show that we have looked for for the last two years. Called it on in the match. Just, oh my gosh. That's that, 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 that tells that you is, right there why these two should be main eventers. I mean, these guys know how to work. It's that simple. Ring generals. Oh my gosh. I mean... Don't throw that oh. term around lightly, Russell. <laughs> they they are they are ring captains, but being a ring general requires a lot and a lot of time knowing your company's way. Be very careful with that term. That's a term I actually take very seriously. Um, Jeez, Russell. Here is, um, and then of course we have the. Uh, if I can word. Word it correctly. Uh, a tell all podcast mm-hmm. has been scheduled for the night 
after Monday, the Monday, Monday night. Overall. The Monday night, not this Monday. It says Monday, May twenty third. Immediately follow or immediately following role hosted by Mick Foley, we will have a tell all podcast with Shane McMahon. Only on the WWE. Only on the network. I think this is something that could be very, very interesting to hear. This will be the Monday after um, Extreme Rules. Mm-hmm. So, could this be as informative as the Vince McMahon podcast that we saw with Stone Cold? Could it be more? I don't know. What do, you, what do you expect to hear out of Shane McMahon in three weeks? You know what I really hope we hear? What the secret is that he had on Vince McMahon of why he got that match in the first place? I, I'm not so much curious as to what he'll say. I'm more curious as to why, and don't get me wrong, I'm okay with Mick Foley, but why is Mick Foley doing it instead of Stone Cold? You know, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I, I, it'll I can still be, tell you. It'll still be good with Foley, but... Well, with it being in the middle of May, uh, are they not doing recordings Redneck Island? for Redneck Island or Maybe. for uh, Broken Skull Ranch? Uh, see, I'm not sure. That That's why, I, you know, not that I need to know why Stone Cold's not doing it, but it just makes, it just makes me wonder there's, why. There's also, you know... Foley's on a contract. They probably have a few things that they can use him for. Holy Foley. I mean, this could be a good way to promote Holy Foley, too, because if, you Maybe know. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom it, Clark uh, is a blogger for Bleacher Report, uh, has his own podcast uh, entitled Tom Clark's Main Event. Uh, if you want to check that out on iTunes and uh, Google Play. Uh, he wrote up a very interesting article stating why WWE's new era, talking about, I guess, the new era of superstars coming through, uh, will elevate the secondary championship belts, such as the IC title, the U.S. title. Um, is this something that we can see running true? As in, if some of these new guys do pick up the belts, it does it elevate the titles where they have been in the past, or does it keep them a little bit more elevated but still middle of the road where nobody really cares about them as much? It depends on how they push the title, how often it's defended, and the importance that feuds around the title are built. These titles are never going to be important until people start making them important and start caring about them as if they are important. You can't keep having guys use them as stepping stones. You can't have them be second thoughts. The problem is that we continuously have guys that pick up these belts that, and it's just a second thought, or they have a good like initial start where it seems to matter and then it falters. Guys like John Cena, the reason that the U.S. title went like crazy with him was because that belt, he made it. He said, I want this belt, and he made it known how much that belt meant to him, that the belt was something. The belt 
was better. The championship mattered. Okay, when you have and then the open open challenge they yeah. did with it. So he made yeah. it a reason to care. The thing with it is, is guys like, and I'm sorry to say this because I'm actually I'm already calling Kalisto probably one of the worst United States champions ever. Kalisto winning the title was just kind of a thing. He beat Alberto Del Rio, who just happened to have the title. It wasn't that Kalisto coveted that belt. It wasn't that he dreamed of holding it as a little boy. It's, oh, I have a problem with this guy who happens to have this belt. Oh, look, I want it. Now it's just kind of worn around my waist. When you have guys legitimately win like a program with say like the Baron Corbin Dolph Ziggler program when it's all said and done when that guy turns and he's like okay now that this is over I'm going after what I want the intercontinental title and you have that be a mission you have that be a thought that's all they think about tunnel vision from those people those that prestige that love that honor that desire to hold it, to defend it, to make it something great is what will bring that belt back up. I don't care how many times you who how many times you put it on somebody, who you put it on, who defends it, it will not matter until they put that belt above their self. I, I like his points. Mm-hmm. I like his points a lot. Uh, especially the fact that we're talking about two titles. The WWE Intercontinental title which has a long prestige as well as the U.S. title which has just as long if not a longer prestige as the Intercontinental title. Uh, The U.S. title we've seen, you know, the Intercontinental title we saw for um, I guess that was actually I guess it was actually started in WWE um, back in 1979 I guess is when it was in the late Pat 70s Patterson. early 80s Pat Patterson was your first one um, you know we've seen like I think somebody said there's like upwards of 70 different champions mm-hmm. uh, the US title has been around since the mid 70s because of course it started in the NWA mm-hmm. and then it went to WCW. WCW. Now it's with the WWE. You know, so you've seen quite a few. You've seen, and all these legends that have held these belts, Mm -hmm. they held it to a higher standard. Yes. Like what Casey's talking about. Yes. The question is, is what does it take to get it held to that standard again? And I agree that you have to have someone that wants to push it like that. Mm -hmm. Like what Cena did in... For in in his, uh, la- his, his reigns one. that he had with the U.S. title lately, you know he's held the U.S. title five times. Mm-hmm. Cena has, and defended it very well. Um, while these belts are stepping stones, they have, and that's what they used to be. When you held the Intercontinental Champion, you were g- about to become a main event player from that point. You were basically the first in the top three of the next people to get. Title shot. Yes. I mean, people almost always back in the day, the world champions were former Intercontinental champions. Absolutely. But you didn't always win it if you were the Intercontinental champion. We had great Intercontinental champions that never went on. But the thing of it is, is that they didn't, 
as much as the belt was a stepping stone, it wasn't treated like a stepping stone. People knew that it was, but you made it something that you cared about. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to the people in the back treating it that way more so than, I mean, wrestlers, yes, but the wrestlers do what they're told. Mm -hmm. So when the back starts saying, okay, look, guys, we need to elevate these belts, which is why... And, I mean, we can go on this tangent if we want. I think the brand split is where this would benefit and would become huge for. Yep. Because with one singular world title, and you split the two belts up in one to Raw, one to SmackDown, you have that opportunity to say, this is the biggest prize on our show. Mm-hmm. Go for it. And people will be, people should be chomping at the bits. Because now we have guys that have never held the Intercontinental title, never thought about holding the Intercontinental title, that have been world champions, like Roman Reigns. That's I think that's another one of my major things. I once said one of the things that would help Roman get over was to hold a mid-card title for a while. We never saw it. We saw it push to the moon. Another thing that we need to stop doing is giving Intercontinental champions title shots or United States champions title shots when they're still champions. I forget who it was. I think no, it was Ambrose that was the Intercontinental Champion going into a number one contenders match. Mm-hmm. And okay, we can all argue about this. No more pre-show. Period. Stop putting a belt on a pre-show. It is not a second thought. Mm-hmm. Now, what you're saying? Are you are you saying that an IC champion should not have a number one contendership match? I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm not Just saying not while they're holding the belt. Now, see, I don't think that that's a bad thing. No, I mean, but do it rarely, but not make it something to the point of like because we've seen IC champions challenge for the world title before while holding. Yes, we have, and we've seen it, and we've seen it uh, ran successfully. Yeah, but this is not that same time period. We, well, I hey, whoa, whoa, I, I think you're, I, you're taking it from the wrong place. I'm saying no. The reason that it, it's not going to is we have different riders that can't do that. Now, see, I. I'm going to say that I disagree with you because we just saw that happen recently and it worked. Okay. Ambrose Reigns Lesnar. No, not even that. Not even that. Rollins held them both. Remember that. Rollins held two titles at one time and it was and it was good. It worked. I want to say... Look. Just like what happened at WrestleMania 6. No. When, oh, now, hang no. on. No, I will call you out on this. Go he was the world champion before he got the belt. There's a difference in how Warrior did it. There is a complete and total difference. And they also made Warrior lose the Intercontinental, strip the team of the title after he won the world championship. The whole Rollins thing was to continue a feud with John Cena. Okay, okay. it might have worked. It was writers with using it as more of a prop, not an escalation tool. That's your difference. Warrior never held the world title before was the IC champion. No, he didn't. And he didn't. He, what I'm saying was Rollins was the world champion when he won the United States okay, title. that's fine. Was, was it? Yeah, it was the U.S. title. Yeah. It was. It was. And the reason. The US title. But yeah. the, that the U.S. title, you can say it worked, but the U.S. title was not even really that relevant in it. It was a way of saying, here, look, this is how we're going to further Rollins. This is how we're going to push him as a heel. This is going to how we're going to put him with John Cena. It was not because he wanted that belt. It was because he John Cena wanted the world title or they wanted them to feud and they were going at it. And, oh, guess what? You have that? Let me take it from you, too. I still think that it's a very similar role, though. 
if you look at the way that it was written out with Warrior and Hogan. Yes. I think it's a very similar role. Yes, they that Warrior may not have held on to both titles because they stripped him of the IC title, but how long did Rollins basically hold the U.S. title? A month. Okay. Because they didn't do a defense until a month later. That's not the negative side of it, Bo. I'm not... I'm not... I understand what you're saying that that's not a negative side of it. But what I'm saying is that if you look at the two wrestlers in question, if you look at the rise of Warrior to the rise of Rollins, the belts, the way they picked up the belts may have been a little construed differently, but the push of both and the history after both are very, very similar. I think we have to agree to disagree on this. I absolutely think we do. Because I think it was the Intercontinental title was pulling Warrior to the world title, not the world title stepping back down. That's the difference. It was not a push to and becoming and putting over and make the Intercontinental title looked more important after Warrior won the world title because someone that was Intercontinental Champion proved that they could beat the world champion. This was the world champion proving he could beat the guy that holding, that's holding the second down title. Oh, you should be able to do that because you are the world champion. The belt was an afterthought in that feud. And, I mean, we can sit here and argue this all night, and we're never going to click on this, but we're just not. But I think at one point in time, it was a different series of riders, a different guy, and a different intended outcome. And it worked both ways, mainly because of how that one, how Warrior and Hogan pulled out. It made Warrior into a greater star. This made Seth into a greater star. But the problem, the difference is, Rollins was already the world champion. We had bought into him as world champion. It was kind of a way to tie a feud, not push a guy to the world championship and put him over and say, this is our new guy. Fuck him. Man, I don't even know what they're talking about. Honestly, <laughs> to be honest, I have no idea what you're talking he, about. He's, he's probably not seen enough of the Warrior yeah. Hogan feud. Yeah. You have. Yeah. I know you've seen this. What do you... What do you where are you at in this same realm? I mean, that's fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I, mean, yeah. I, I, I see y'all's point. Yeah. I do see y'all's point. I mean, it's... Back in the day, the Intercontinental title, like Casey said, was used to... Elevate. Elevate the guy. With with the Rollins one, he just won it while he was champion. Like, I, and that, that, like, that's not a bad thing. Okay. I I liked I like Rollins now. I liked him when he held both titles. I thought it was good. But like Casey said, we need to get the titles back to where they mean something. They we need to get them back to where and sometimes it's it's a feud. Sometimes it's the promo work that builds the the title up. Sometimes it's the match itself. Look at WCW. Booker T and Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. Best of best of seven. Yes. 
How important was that title during that entire oh, was, feud? They replicated it years later with the same belt yeah. on SmackDown that elevated it. Because when Chris Benoit was a United States champion, as a kid in like middle school who still had dreams of being a professional wrestler, you could have asked me what belt I wanted to hold the most if I ever made it. It was not the world championship. I wanted to be a United States champion. What did they do differently, though, from WCW to the WWE, though? How did they promote that match? How did they promote that title? How did they make that title be important? That's that's where the difference lies. Be, be, you know, between the two, where they when they tried to replicate it. So I mean, well, I mean, they did a good job replicating it. I mean, this yeah. Match, I mean, both of them were fine. The the United States title and the Intercontinental Ch- title did not seem to lose a lot of steam until. I'm trying to think. There was a, there was a period where there, that it really just hit rock bottom. What are you talking about? Like the U.S. title or the well, well, their their stock. Ambrose's world, a United States title reign really hurt the U.S. title. I will say that for everything in me, going almost like six or seven months without a defense was dumb. Six six months without a title defense was dumb. Yes, he held the title for 351 days and only had like. Three or four defenses, but the point that I'm trying that I'm trying to get at there is that there was a time period in the WWE after some, maybe it was right after the brands came back together, or maybe a little bit before, the belt started feeling so much like an afterthought that relegated to pre-shows, relegated to. Not even getting defenses. People, I think if you're a champion, you should be defending every pay-per-view. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm old school. Maybe that matters to me. If it's not every pay-per-view, you need to be doing it regularly on Raws, on SmackDowns, on the special events that we host. Mm-hmm. You know, go down and wrestle in NXT and give somebody a shot. Make that belt look like something that the younger guys can covet. I mean, do some. There's a million opportunities you have. And by just putting it on someone's shoulder and letting them collect dust with it is not how you're going to do it. I love the NXT idea. I do too. Send the send the Intercontinental Champion down there. Um. Well, see, and I, and you're talking about the U.S. Champion when it lost its luster. You're talking about when Ambrose had it. I think you can couple that with the IC Championship back in the mid 2000s when um, Johnny Nitro got his first run as the champion there was like a three-year span right there see that's what where, i'm talking about where it where all it did was transition between nitro jeff hardy umaga and santino that's all it went to was those four guys you have to give other athletes and other superstars an opportunity okay to strive do you this is i'm not asking well, to man, have not a, only that but i'm I mean, not asking to have a reign like this again but if you could do something like almost replicate Randy Orton's Intercontinental title reign, because that did so much for that title and did so much for him. Which IC title reign are you talking about? Randy only has one IC title reign. Does he only have one? He has the infamous, yeah. like, when 210 he, days. Whenever he was the legend killer and legends were trying to take it off of him because that, how, here was why. They made it a point to say how important that belt was. 2003. 
how important that belt was, and he was holding it. So they were coming back to fight him for it to get it off of him because he was not supposed to be worthy, but yet he was winning. So this finally important got, belt. Finally got knocked off by Edge. Yeah. Okay. Who Both those guys went on to be huge stars, and I think it's part of the reasons why the, was their Intercontinental title reigns. Okay. I mean, like I said, there's there's a lot that they need to do with these with yes. these mid-card championships because that's the problem is right now we're still viewing them as mid-card championships, and these need to be top-tier titles that you're striving for. So I, I agree. I, I mean, like I said, I – we, we agree to an extent, but we just disagree on a, a couple of the small things. So Yeah. Welcome to politics. Absolutely. <laughs> Guys, this Guys, has it's been, been a great week. It's been it's a been good a show. It's been a good show. Uh, definitely went into overtime. I said some on, stupid things to start with. Might have made up for it there in the last you, half. You probably yeah. did. I'll give you that. <laughs> Tonight on Pop TV, of course, uh, Impact Wrestling, 9 o'clock, a five-man... King of the Mountain Championship match. Oh, really? Eli Drake, Andrew Everett Bram, who's the champion. Jesse Goddards. I don't know even how to pronounce his last name. Goddards. And, and Goddards. Goddards. And Eddie Edwards. Okay. Um, also, the Miracle will kick off the show uh, with Maria Canellis. And then the question is, will Bobby Lashley accept Drew McIntyre's, or Drew, Drew Galloway's Galloway challenge? challenge? So that is tonight, Impact Wrestling on Pop TV. Once again, guys, our pay-per-view of the week next week will be the 2006 SummerSlam. Uh, We will be back on the air next week uh, as long as everything works. Uh, Finals this week for the University of the Cumberlands. People are uh, finishing up their finals and uh, getting out of here for the summer. But the four of us will still be here with you every Tuesday night. We will continue to ride from 6 o'clock until whenever we feel like getting off the air, I guess. And on Tuesdays, um, just depending on uh, master's class and everything, we may end up changing nights and also your your schedule. By the I, th- way, I, I think that's to... going to be your main. The main factor is going to be your schedule for the summer. I'm open, or from this point forward, I'm open. I actually, uh, after after talking with mine, we'll uh, we can discuss that off the air. But as long as y'all want to keep riding on Tuesdays, we can ride all night. So. Uh, guys, for tonight's figure four fallout, once again, back on the air next Tuesday May at 6 o'clock. May 13th, next Friday night in London at the Optimus Club. Jordan Cage, Rhino. Jordan Cage versus Rhino as Russell uh, prepares for... I, <laughs> I can't wait. There. The legal it's team, happening. the it's legal happening. team's running into kinks right now. We're working through it, but there, come come May thirteenth, there will be no, the core will be banned from. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how being that goes. used. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But once again, we will be on the air next Tuesday. Uh, join us here at six o'clock for the Figure Four Fallout for Charming One, Russell Ryan for Timbo Sloss himself, Tim No, and for the Mailman. Casey Malone, this is the Southern Gentleman Bo Kid signing off. You've been listening to the Figure Four Fallout right here on WCCR 94.5 LPFM and iTunes.